everybody to this installment of the Titan Talks. I am fresh off of the Spartan World Championships and I wanted to tell you about it, give you a little bit recap of my experience and some of the life lessons that I learned. Before I do that, I want to plug what's coming up with me. Um, I've been going all over the country getting ready for the World Championships and doing a little bit of self-discovery progressing into some new and exciting ventures coming up in the next new year that I'll be sharing with you guys soon. Um, the thing that's coming up here pretty soon, though, is our Costa Rica trip. We have a Muay Thai retreat in Costa Rica that we do once a year. This will be our second year. And I'm only taking a really small group this time. I'm going with about five people. I go to Costa Rica at the end of the year because it's kind of a reward to myself and to the people that I hold near and dear to me. So we're going this year... Um, to Nosara. Again, we're going to Jungle's Edge Retreat. If you haven't heard about it, it's an amazing retreat center. You got to check it out. The guy, Dave Mayer, who owns the retreat, is from Virginia Beach, where I come from. And he's a great guy. He's got a great thing going on. And it's just going to be a really great year, way to end up the year. And celebrating with great people, doing Muay Thai, going to the beach, surfing, eating amazing food. So if that's something you're interested in, we're doing a little uh, discount on that. If you sign up by the end of the week, you get $300 off of your package, and you get to hang out with some really cool people in an amazing place. Moving on. Lake Tahoe was the spot for the Spartan World Championships. This is my first year doing it. And to give a little recap of the year, this is my first year racing in the Spartan races. I am a open division competitor, so by no means am I racing with the elite guys. But I've been fortunate enough to have friends and coaches who are part of that elite team. Ryan Kent being one of them who raced in the elite division and placed eighth in the entire world, which is pretty impressive. Glad to call that man my friend. Also, Jessica Carter, who is my coach and mentor and great friend. She raced in her first year of the Spartan World Championships and did an amazing job as well. And to give you a little idea of what was going on in Tahoe, it was in the Squaw Valley of Lake Tahoe. It was a two-day two event filmed by NBC, and uh, the first day started for us at 4.30 a.m., um, super, super early. We had to get up early because we were about an hour away from the event. And Ryan Kent, who was racing in the very first elite heat, was our roommate. So myself and my buddy Matt Dunn, we all got Ryan there to get ready for the starting line. It was 30 degrees out, 30 degrees Fahrenheit, super cold, which is zero degrees for you Celsius European folks. Um, once again, super cold, freezing first time that doubt really started to enter my mind because anyone who knows me really well knows that I am not a cold weather person. I am very much a tropical bird and the cold weather frightened me quite honestly. Um, fortunately enough, as the morning moved on, the sun started to come out over the mountains and it started to warm up quite a bit. So we get to the event and Ryan goes out. He's going out with the elite guys. Of course, because it's an NBC race, they they announce a lot of the elite guys first, and they get out to the track. The energy is absolutely amazing out there. No matter how cold it is, everyone is super excited and pumped to do something that very few people will ever do or ever finish. So Ryan gets out. He does his race. Jess goes into the female lead right after Ryan, 
And then for the first time all morning, I am left by myself. And when I'm by myself, I'm also left with my thoughts. I'm left with my, my fears, my anxieties, um, my excitement as well of going into something that is completely new for me. So if any of you people have known me for a while, you know that endurance sports is not necessarily the thing that I have leaned towards. I've been a mixed martial arts fighter and a Muay Thai practitioner for over 20 years. And even though our training sessions are relatively long, they usually go two to three hours. At the most, we only compete for 25 to 30 minutes at a time. The Spartan World Championships was a 14-plus mile race. Actually ended up being about 15 miles, depending on what GPS you were looking at. Close to 17 if you add in the distance of the actual obstacles. So this definitely drifts into the endurance aspect of, of competition, which is something that I never thought I would do. A year ago, you'd have asked me this, I would have thought you were crazy. And yet, here I was standing in the cold of a mountain, getting ready to do the longest race and probably the most difficult challenge of my life. Needless to say, I was very nervous and excited at the same time. A couple of stats on the race. Once again, I said it was 15 miles. We climbed 4,600 feet in elevation gain. Um, the lowest point of the race started at 6,192 feet, and at the highest, we were at 8,852 feet. Unfortunately for myself, I was out in Colorado for about a week or two weeks before the event, training in the altitude and getting used to the thin air. And that thin air is real, by the way. A lot of people talk about it. I had heard about it before, but I had never experienced it until I got to Colorado, and it definitely changes things. The first day or two being out in Colorado, I felt like I was completely out of shape. felt like there was an elephant on my chest the entire time, and that was very scary to think about. But I endured. I trained very hard. So the altitude wasn't as big of a factor for me as it may have been for some people who were coming to the race unprepared for that. I live at sea level, so coming from sea level to elevation is definitely a challenge. Temperature fluctuations. Once again, started off at about 30 degrees in the morning. It rose to about 73 degrees by about 1 p.m. Um, things that affected that weather, of course, was the wind. When you are up that high, the winds are howling. Very, very powerful. Can change the, the temperature by 10 to 15 degrees with a drop of the hat. Some of the obstacles had cold water involved, which we will actually get to here in a few minutes. But the cold water definitely changed the environment, made things a little bit more challenging. One of the lessons that I learned comes back to a quote that I heard from a fighter named Mackin Simmerzer. And I've modified the quote for my own means. I think it fits the, and embodies the fighter spirit that Mackin Simmerser, who was a former UFC and WEC uh, fighter and is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, which we hope to have on the show this, this year. One of his things was pressure busts pipes, and he also build diamonds. So for me, the social pressure of going out here and competing and not letting my coaches or my fans or my followers down um, was definitely a positive social pressure. And I think we all need that positive social pressure in order to move forward. Without any type of pressure in life, we are stagnant. We stay still. We have to have something that challenges us and drives us in order to move us forward in a direction. There's nothing worse than being comfortable as an athlete or as a human being. And now I'm not talking about comfort as far as having family and friends. I'm talking about the comfort of 
not being challenged. Challenge is where we grow, period. And so I knew that as soon as I put out that I was going to the Spartan World Championships, that I was going to have to do it and I was going to have to complete it because I had people watching me that I respect and admired that I didn't want to let down. So that was very important to me. Another way that pressure was exhibited in this event, I talked to Ryan Kent shortly afterwards. Once again, Ryan Kent was placed eighth in the event. He is from um, our area. He's come from the Hampton Roads area. He is my coach's coach. He's an amazing athlete, an amazing young man. And he talked about how at some point he was on the race near the barbed wire and one of his competitors and good friends, Isaiah Vidal, catches up to him and says to him, it's now or never. And that was a mental shift for Ryan because physically he said his body could handle the rigors of the race. But mentally, in any of these long races, when you have to endure long periods of time and a lot of pain and discomfort, your mind starts to talk and it starts to say things. It'll tell you that it wants to quit, it wants to stop and that probably no one would judge you. But when Isaiah, his competitor, came up to him and said, it's now or never, it made a shift in him. And and it basically meant that we are all trying to form our own legacies. We're all trying to form our own legacies. And at that point, you could either decide in that race, for example, to coast through, or as Ryan says, you can drop the hammer and you can go all out. You can ride that red line, and you can go into the victory line with glory, knowing that you gave it all you got. And that mental push was something that I'm very familiar with because in the fight world, my best friends were the guys that would punch me in the face on the day-to-day basis. I had guys like Steve Rayner, who was my best friend, and we would show up to the gym, and we would have these gym wars with each other because we wanted to push each other. We wanted to bring out the best in each other. And that pressure from someone who really cared about me made me a better fighter and a better person. And it's competition, and yet that competition somehow made me rise to the occasion, and I think that makes a lot of us rise to occasion. So it's good to have it. It's good to have people around you that will pressure you in order to make you grow and pressure you for the right reasons. So beyond the mental pressures, the psychological pressures, it was definitely the, the physical pressures of the whole thing. You get to a certain point when you're up there, and keep in mind, we talked about 4,600 feet of elevation gain. The first eight miles was basically straight up. And most of the time in these races, you see a lot of zigzagging up and down the, the mountain. You'll gain elevation, drop elevation, gain, drop. For this race, for the first eight miles, nearly half of it, it was up the entire time. And you get to a certain point where you realize that once I'm up, I have to get back down. And there's nobody really going to rescue me from that. Naturally, if you got hurt, then a four-wheeler would come by. Or I guess if it got really bad, they would fly a helicopter up there and get you down. But the reality is once you've committed to getting that high up the mountain, it is on you to get back down it. So that physical pressure of going out, going up, and then going, okay, I have to get back down, was, was a real pressure that um, and it crossed my mind quite a bit on what if I break down? What if my body decides to break down? What am I going to do? Well, since that wasn't an option, I had to keep pushing forward. One of the biggest obstacles for me was the water. They had a swim out there that was freezing cold. 
Now, I am not a swimmer. I have never been a swimmer. I have attempted several times in my life to try to learn, and I will continue to attempt to learn until I get it right. But during this race, the swim came up pretty late into the race, and it was cold, 50-degree weather or 50-degree temperature for that water, and it would take your breath away. Now, they gave us life jackets to survive it if in the event that you get hurt, you get cramped up, you can't make it, you lose your breath, whatever that might be. They also gave you the option to, to burpee out of it. So a burpee, once again, is the, the penalty of choice for the Spartan race. If you don't make an obstacle, then burpees are on the menu. And normally it's a 30 burpee penalty, but because that was such a grand obstacle, there was a 60 burpee penalty. So you had a choice. You either do the burpees or you go swim. I decided I was going to give the swim a try. I go into the water, I get up to it about neck deep with my life raft on, and I immediately lose my breath. Lock up, freezing. Can't take one full breath of air through my lungs. And I had to rely on one of the other Spartans to, to kind of coax me back out of the water. And uh, I attempted to go back in one more time, and I just realized, number one, this, weather's, this, this water's too cold for me. And number two, I am not a strong swimmer. This may not be the time for me to test out my non-swimming ability. So I opted to get out and do the burpees. Now, most of the smart people decided to just do the burpees rather than jump into the water and freeze. I had the luxury of experiencing both. So while I'm freezing and knocking out my 60 burpees on a very rocky terrain that cut into my hands, my body starts to, to, to get really, really cold. And I'm trying to move as much as I can in order to generate some heat, but it's getting pretty close to hypothermia at this point. And once I done, I'm done with my burpees, I get up and I start going for my run, and I can just feel my body starting to lock up. And that was a point of real fear for me. And that point was, was scary because I thought I may not actually finish. My body might actually shut down. And what drove me through that moment was thinking to my students who are SEALs, and I remember them telling me about what BUDS was like and what they had to endure during their hell week. And I thought, I'm only enduring a couple of hours of this. It's nothing like what they're going through. It was a shift in perspective for me to go that I have friends that could do this for a week on end. I sure as hell can do this for a couple of hours. I can endure. I can get through the discomfort. I can make this happen. And so I did. I kept moving. One of the... Uh, coaches in Spartan races, Yancey Culp. He is basically like the, the Greg Jackson of mixed martial arts. He is a coach who has come into this very young sport and he's figured out how to develop some of the best athletes in this, in this sport. Um, he, in a post on Facebook about a week ago, said, when you get out of that cold water, just keep moving. I know you're going to want to stop. I know you're going to want to feel sorry for yourself and ball up, but that's exactly when your body will cramp. You have to keep moving. So I remember I kept telling myself in my, in my head like a mantra, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. And that helped. Eventually my body warmed up enough to persevere. And there were points where I'm running up the mountain and I've got my arms wrapped around my body and just shivering. But I'm like, if I stop, then I die or this race is over. And there were a lot of people that got pulled off of that course because of hypothermia, because of the cold. They said nearly 
I think it was over 500 people did not finish the course, 500. And a lot of them was because of the cold. So those let those words resonate in the side of my head. You just got to keep moving. If you stop, you die. So I'm not going to stop. And we encountered more cold water later on. There was a, another barbed wire event where we had to go under barbed wire, turn a corner, jump, jump a wall, do it again. And then on one of the last turns, you come out of the barbed wire and you go into a dunk tank of yet again, freezing cold water where you had to literally submerge your entire body under a wall and then climb up a wall on the other side, which once again made me freeze up again. And all I could remember is keep moving, keep moving. And it actually helped me. It's weird because that pressure of knowing that, okay, if I stop, then this is over actually made me move faster. And it actually, I believe, helped me with my time. Now, I'll never wish that on myself again. I'm pretty sure I will experience these, um, the cold again at some point when I race. But it's, it's shifting your perspective on how things are. If things are bad, then in this bad situation, what can I yield from it? What can I pull from this bad situation to make me better? In this case, it was perpetual motion will get me out of this cold environment. And so that inspired me. Maybe in some point of your life, you've had some negative things occur to you that you can either take as neg- negatives or you can decide that I'm going to turn it into a positive I want to find something out of this that can motivate me forward. What is the lesson that I can pull from this that will make me move forward? Because as long as I am moving forward, I'm winning. And that's just whether you're racing or whether you're fighting or whether you're dealing with your normal life. As the race progressed, I started to warm up and the race started to go downhill. So the last six or so miles was really allowed us to run. Uh, the majority of the first part, at least for me as a, an amateur, was power hiking up up the hill. And we were allowed to, or we had the ability to run towards the end because a lot of it flattened out and started to go downhill. And the miles started to eat up a lot faster. So going up, it would take forever to get through a mile, whereas as we were going down, we were breaking land speed records because we had gravity on our side, right? And right at the end... Uh, maybe a mile from the very end was the nemesis obstacle of mine, which is the bucket carry. Now, if you're not aware of what the bucket carry is, we, we, you get to this pile of dirt and at the pile, there are buckets on the side and they basically say, fill the, the bucket up to the holes, whether it be rocks, gravel, dirt, whatever that might be. And you're essentially going to carry it up and around this hill and come back down And the hill was god-awfully long. But that distance was something that we had been used to doing in some of the other races. It was the fact that instead of having gravel, this time there was this very dense dirt. And so the buckets were extremely heavy. And they told us to fill it up above the lines instead of at the lines because the dirt would settle. And if it settled and you the dirt was under the lines, when you got back around, you would have to do the bucket carry again. So I erred on the side of caution and made sure that I filled my bucket all the way up to the top, and it made it extremely heavy. And keep this in mind, at this point, we had already gone 13 miles into this obstacle course. We're tired. We're cold. 
fuel in our bodies running low, even though we're refueling with gels and snacks throughout the, the event, your body's just tired. And you look at this hill and there's a part of you that just goes, I, I just can't do it. I don't know if I can get up that thing. And so a part of my mind shifted. I changed my goal so that I could chew up the entire obstacle. So rather than telling myself, okay, I need to finish this whole thing or this race is over, I told myself, you just have to get 10 feet. March 10 paces up that hill, put the bucket down, and then reassess. And then pick the bucket up and do it again. And then do it again. And with anything, if you just approach it in that manner, that if I chop this thing up enough, it's, it's feasible, right? It's accessible. I can move 10 feet. I can take two steps. I may not be able to get all the way up that mountain without dropping the bucket or putting it down, but I can sure as hell move 10 steps. And think about how that applies to anything in our life. If I'm going for a degree, it's very daunting to think, okay, my, my degree in college is going to be four years or 10 years, but I know that I can get through the next class. I can get through the next test. I can study for this quiz. One of my buddies um, who went through BUDS told me that the way he got through BUDS was he just planned his day to the next meal. He was like, if I can just get to lunch, then I'll be okay. And then once he got to lunch, he was like, okay, now I just need to get to dinner. And after dinner, he was like, okay, I just got to make it to the morning to breakfast. And he did that every day until he got out of BUDS. And that mental shift was the thing that helped him get out when other people decided to quit. And so remembering that, I was like, okay, I just need to get 10 feet. I just need to pick this bucket up and move it a couple of feet. It doesn't matter how long it takes me. I'm not trying to win this thing. I am trying to finish, and I will finish. I just have to move 10 feet, and then 10 feet, and then 10 feet, and eventually you get to the beginning. I say the beginning because the beginning and the end are the same in this loop. You get right back to where you started, and you finish the race. And eventually I made it. Towards the very end, there were two obstacles back-to-back. The T-wall, which is basically scaling the side of a wall like Spider-Man. And then there is called the rig, which is this long stretch of monkey bars and rings and a traverse pipe and ropes that you had to climb through in order to finish. And I'm smoked at this point, and I fell off both of them, (laughs) which means 30 burpees each, 60 burpees at the very end, and you're done. So it was, it's very demoralizing, but I know at the end I could see the finish line. So knocking out those burpees and just getting across was the only thing on my mind. And eventually I did it. It took me seven hours and 13 minutes, seven hours of constant effort, way longer than anything I had ever done, longer than any of the races. And one of the hardest races I did before this was the wintergreen super in Virginia, which was five hours for me shorter distance, but I did it. And I had set a new set point for myself. I never thought I would do anything that long. After five hours, I thought it's impossible to go any longer than that. And yet I went seven hours and it made me think, what are my limitations? Well, my limitations inside my mind anyway, were completely tested when later on I got a chance to watch the ultra beast competitors do their thing. 
Now, if you don't know what an ultra beast is, the world championships that I competed in was a beast. Anything that's over 13 miles, 13 plus miles in the Spartan world is considered a beast. An ultra beast is double that. So when watching the ultra beast competitors get to the very end where we all finished, they had to make a choice. If they went straight and crossed the finish line like the rest of us, they finished their 15 miles or 14 and a half miles and they were done. The ultra beast competitors instead would bear to the right. They would go down a little ditch. They would turn a corner and they would go to a checkpoint. At the checkpoint, they would have to make to the point at a certain time in order to continue. They would eat, refuel, change their clothes, and then they would go right back out and they would do that exact same race again right away. So it's a double. It's, it's doubling up on a beast. The most insane thing I had ever seen, and I remember in my mind going, there is no way I could do that. But then I thought, if you had asked me a year ago, I would have said there's no way I would have finished a 15-mile race. And yet here I am with a new set point, a new understanding of myself and my limitations. And I wondered, how many other times had I put limitations on myself that kept me from moving forward? So my thoughts changed from maybe I can't do that to maybe I could do that to I could do that if I wanted to. And then eventually it changed into I'm going to do that. And I had the social pressure of uh, some of my friends on Facebook saying, hey, you know, Buck, let's, let, what do you think about that Ultra Beast? Let's do it. And I said yes without thinking about it and going, oh, my God, what did I just sign up for? But it's, it, it's really your mind, right? It, if your mind says you can do it, you can do it. And for me, it's always been that once I've made up my mind, if I say it, it's done. And that is a, a shift that I want to pass on to people that – if you adapt the mentality that as soon as you bring something to an existence inside your mind and your consciousness, as soon as it comes into your awareness, somewhere out there, it is, it is already done. It's already happened. I just have to live through the experience in order to get to the point where it actually manifests and I can experience it. And a quote that really helped me with that and, in his divine timing, I'm looking on Facebook, and right after the race, I see this, this quote. My buddy Steve Fisher posted it. He raced with me that day. He said, set a goal so big that you can't achieve it until you grow into the person who can. And my challenge to you and, and to myself is to set those goals. Find something that at this point you think is unrealistic because you know who you are right now cannot achieve it. And yet, you're going to do it because you're going to put in the work to become the person that can achieve such an amazing goal. Because we all have infinite potential within us. We are vast creatures. Outside of our physical bodies, we have this spirit, this energy within us that's the spark of God or the spark of the stars. It comes from the infinite that does not have a limit. We're boundless in our resources. 
It is amazing what the human can do if we just believe. And so I challenge you to find that thing, that thing that makes you scared, right? That thing that makes you scared, there's something to it. There's a power to it. That fear is there for a reason. And it isn't always there to deter you from it. Sometimes that fear is there because it is the boundary between who you are now and who you could potentially be if you were brave enough to step into that unknown. This has been an amazing experience. I'm so glad that I can share my recap with you all. I want to give a special shout out to my teammates through all this racing. Um, first and foremost, Jessica Carter, my coach, who came into my life by the fates that be and became my student in Muay Thai and became my coach in the Spartan races. She has been a mentor that I have been seeking for for several years and a dear friend and someone I absolutely admire. I'm so glad that she walked into my life and helped me pull this aspect out of me. She made me see myself as an athlete again. Um, she renewed my my faith in the world around us, the world that challenges us, but in that challenge makes us grow. So I'm forever grateful for her. I'm grateful for Ryan Kent, her coach, who I got a chance to hang out with, who is an amazing athlete both in, on, and off the course. He, he like the rest of the, the elites, allow us to, to see what the human being is capable of doing. And he also believes in his craft so much that he went on a lot of faith to plug himself into this sport. And he's gone across the country with very little plan. And all of us, for example, we could go to Tahoe and, and for four nights we had no idea where we were staying and yet it all kind of worked out. And that's been the the plight of all up-and-coming starving martial artists or starving OCR racers who believe in what they believe and don't necessarily have the money or the resources to do it, but they have faith and they are very resourceful in the fact that they know people that believe in them that will help them along the way. So guys like Ryan have set a great um, example for all of us, and I'm very grateful for that. And I'm very grateful for all of you that are listening. I am powered by your presence in my life. My job has always been to inspire and motivate people to step out of their limitations and truly become free, truly become who they are destined to be. And when I am racing and challenging myself, I think of you all. I know that you could be following anyone and you decide to follow me. And I really appreciate that. And I'm going to continue to do great and epic things in your name and hopefully provide these experiences for you if this is something you choose to. This has been a great talk with the Titan Talks. I want you all to be reminded to continue to embrace that warrior spirit within. I'm going to do my, the same thing myself. I am in L.A. currently chasing my next dream, my next race, so to speak, and I will be giving you guys updates on what that is. I can't give any information about it now because it's kind of hush-hush, and I'm working on some things that are going to be super epic. So embrace that warrior spirit within. 
understand that the hero that you're looking for is inside yourself. We will talk to you soon. Take care.